Hello, you are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Life Series, Part 2, by Tattoo Laura on AO3. Rating, General Audiences. Chapter 33, Nerves. Endoscopic sinus surgery sounded much more professional than nosy snipping, but she never let him call it that, knowing his whistling in the dark move better than he did. She was drifting under half a pill of something to relax her while she waited for her turn for surgery when she tugged his sleeve. Trying to get his attention, even though if she'd been more coherent, she would have noticed he hadn't taken his eyes off her yet. Moeller, allowing a slight smile to graze his features. Yes. Would you be this nervous if we weren't sleeping together? Speechless, settled for half a moment before. Um, I'm gonna tell you a little secret, all right. Will you promise not to tell anyone else? Not even Maggie? Nodding her head made the room sway. Extra moments needed to catch up to the speed of her wobbling eyes. Yes. I would be this nervous, regardless of what was going on between us. You're my best friend, and you know it, and that's what best friends do. They panic at the slyest hint of scary things and live in a nervous bubble until said scary thing is taken care of, and then we settle into non-constructive hidden worry that scary things may return. Running his fingers over her ears, sledding them through her hair, settling thumb against cheek. It's an ugly cycle that constantly reminds us that we ought to hug our peoples all the time and tell them we love them. So, if you never saw me naked again, you'd still worry about me? That warranted a kiss and a nuzzle of his nose with hers. I will worry about you until the end of time, naked or not, and I will love you even longer. Even if I never like pie. We'll talk about that later. The nurse came in a few moments later, and wheeling her away, Mulder moved to a chair in the waiting room, thumb, nail, and mouth, knee jiggling a steady beat of anxiety. Scully was just as amusing coming off anesthetics as she was when drunk, and Mulder had to apologize to the easygoing nursing staff twice for Scully's comments on his ass. Renee, trying to get Scully to wiggle her toes, told Mulder that this was much nicer than when wives began telling about their husbands' affairs or husbands began telling wives they secretly wear high heels. Now, those are uncomfortable situations. Trust me. This is nothing, and your wife won't remember any of it. Believe me. Do I tell her? Renee shook her head, watching as Scully's toes began creaking to life. Up to you. I'd probably be embarrassed, but Jenny nodding her head towards the other nurse in the area. She'd laugh and start commenting on other parts of her husband she enjoyed. Giving Mulder a relaxed smile. Although, she can hear us at this point, so mum's the word if that's your choice. Mulder mummed up. For now. The afternoon was quiet. Scully sleeping it off, mouth open, nose packed, drooling enough to make Mulder think he might need an ark or a canoe sometime in the near future. He cleaned her up every so often and changed the towel underneath her head and waited, doing manly-type things around her apartment, finishing up laundry, belching in the kitchen, 
taking his own well-earned nap in the recliner, eventually thinking about dinner, and whipping up a fairly impressive spaghetti with items on hand, garlic bread included. He was on his second helping when Scully finally began blinking in his direction, hands kneading the blanket he'd spread over her. Mulder. Setting plate down and getting up, he crouched over her, pushing back flattened hair and resting his palm against her temple. Hey there, wondering when you'd wake back up. Why am I sitting up? Doctor said not to lay down for a few days, remember? She most certainly did not, but then again, she also didn't remember anything after the anesthesiologist telling her to take a deep breath, so she moved on. Bladder unhappy with the amount it was holding. Can you help me up to the bathroom? They moved slowly, Scully quite over shy bladder at this point, while Mulder stood in the doorway, shocked she was quite over her shy bladder. You're peeing in front of me. Feeling a headache coming on swift and strong, she put her hand to her forehead. At this point, I wouldn't care if Skinner were standing there. Headache? Big one. Hovering over her while she finished, then flushed and washed her hands. Is that normal? I don't know. I just want some pretty medicine and to be able to lie down. She swayed in the doorway, grabbing his sides. Find me drugs, please. He hadn't seen her like this since the height of her chemo, and ignoring the twinge of fear racing up his spine, he got her back to the couch, pills in hand, and glass of water retrieved. Do you want me to call your doctor? Eyes closed, she whispered no, before she held her arms up to him. Sit with me. A little rearranging, and soon he was settled behind her, back to arm of couch, Scully leaning on his chest, the crown of her head nestled under his chin. Mulder? Yeah? I want to marry you and live with you and yell at you about the toilet seat being up and have you make fun of me because I sometimes put my reading glasses in the refrigerator. Well, now. Where would we live? Your place or mine? Or do we find a new place? Feeling herself drift off again, limbs heavy, head swimmy. There's more room here, but I want to repaint if we stay. I like your reds and browns and greens, and I want to feel like a hug coming home every day. He would have agreed to living on the moon with her. I can pack up my place tomorrow if necessary. And we need to buy a new mattress, regardless. He loved that he could feel her falling asleep, muscles slacking, melting into him. Shaping, filling in any and all available space. How about tomorrow I go get some of those color splotch thingies and we start planning? The lowest hmm in her throat was the only acknowledgement he received, but it was more than enough, and he sat, studying the room, holding his person tight, and thanking that nameless being once again she'd found him so long ago. Chapter 34 Restless Mulder, you gotta get me out of here. On his way home, he had to smile, hearing that oft-explained whiny begging in her voice clearly through the phone. Walls closing in. Looking at them, wondering idly if they actually were a little closer. Yes, very quickly. Can we go someplace when you get home? I don't care where, just anywhere that's not here. It had been a very long two days, and Scully 
normally able to relax and enjoy her time alone, was climbing the furniture. Four solitary, not exactly her forte. Still dizzy from the effects of anesthetic, she opted to not operate a motor vehicle, waiting impatiently for the world to stand still when she moved. Almost there, but not quite stable enough to drive a car. Where do you want to go? Mom's maybe? Even just up to a McDonald's or something. Agent Dana Scully is suggesting chicken nuggets for dinner. Are you sure they didn't pop out a little bit of that frontal lobe while they were in there? Drive faster, Mulder. Chicken nuggets purchased and shared, they headed towards Maggie, bringing hot fudge sundaes and milkshakes to store in the freezer. Without pretense of knocking, they barged in, having done it for so long that neither thought anything of it. And Scully stopped dead, and Mulder ran to the back of her. And she fell down, but Skinner caught her. Hey, 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 you okay? Both Mulder and Skinner were attempting to help her up, steadying her with hands on shoulder, arm, and elbow, Mulder trying desperately not to drop the desserts. Walter? The one and only. Once she was upright and stable, he backed up. Did we know you were coming over tonight? Scully turned and left, the front door closing behind her, with a 20-year, in-need-of-oil, uneven bang that left Skinner staring at Mulder, the younger man working logistics in his head, at rapid-fire pace. We? The towering Marine almost looked embarrassed, but his semi-proud, niggling of a grin beat that awkwardness to a pulp. We really should have said something earlier, apparently. Logistics came to a foregone conclusion. Can I still call you Walter? Or would Dad be more appropriate? Hand moving over balding head. I didn't even think about that. Seriously, the shock wearing off left Mulder amused as all hell. Eyebrows wiggling as he reached in to shake Skinner's drawing backhand. Welcome to the family, Walter. Don't let either of them get hangry, or you could very well lose a limb. Word of warning? Sage advice. Glancing between Kitchen and Scully's back, where she sat on the front stoop. Where's Maggie? Went down to Betty's for a minute. Something about punch additives. I didn't understand, but didn't question. Pointing his way out the front door. Then I'm going to go see how Scully number two is processing. Should I come? Serious debate in three seconds. Give me a minute to scope it out. I'll yell for you if she goes nuts. She did not go nuts. Settling next to her, scooting in close, hands clasped, elbows on his knees. So, that was a fairly surprising plot twist. Oddly, it shouldn't have been, if you think about it for a minute. I'd prefer not to think about it at all. There's the smile he was hoping for, and sliding his hand under her shirt to rub her back. You okay? Propping her head on her hand, she twisted it to look at him. It has never occurred to me, not even once, that my mother might want someone besides my dad. It's just... Can you imagine how you'd feel if you actually... And don't argue the semantics of this. Came across an honest-to-God alien just sitting there in your living room? That's akin to what I think I'm feeling now. And it's just, it's, it's really fucking weird and unsettling, but not weird or unsettling at all. Dropping her head forward, then lifting it immediately, wincing at the sudden pressure in her nose. 
When did I fall down the rabbit hole? Mulder moved his hand to the opposite side of her face, pulling her head gently towards him until he ran her temple into his lips. Talking into her skin, amused confusion filling his voice. I think we need hot fudge. Covering his hand with hers, pressing her face a little harder against him. In a minute. Before they left the porch, Maggie appeared, pausing as she rounded the car, then moving slower up the walk to stop in front of them. Was I expecting you? Scully swallowed lightly, staying against Mulder. Nope, and neither was Walter. Maggie's arms shifting across in front of her, loose and non-confrontational, yet prepared for battle, should it come to that. Ah, yes, Walter. And then Scully dropped the bomb to end all bombs on her mother's front lawn. If he gets you pregnant, I'll kill him. Maggie's arms came down and she leaned forward, sudden laughter catching her, a snort escaping across the ten feet between mother and daughter. Mulder immediately moved, twisting Scully around. Don't laugh. Don't. You'll bleed everywhere and get another headache. Keeping herself in check, she waited until Maggie could draw a complete breath before. I swear to God, Ma, I'm not kidding. If I have to have a little brother who's almost 30 years younger than me, I'll be thoroughly pissed. Walter, statue behind the screen door until now, spoke across them all. Do you really want to be discussing this on the front lawn? Mulder stood immediately. God, no, Walter. Let's go have a hot fudge sundae and pretend it's the 1950s. Later that night, Mulder was back on the couch with Scully curled up against his chest. So, now that we have spent two hours with Maggie and Walter, which is what I'm calling them because, well, I can, playing with a piece of her hair, lifting it, letting it fall, repeating in slow motion. How do you honestly feel about this whole thing? Nestled warm, cuddled up, content, she strung a few coherent thoughts together and answered truthfully. I won't call him dad, but mom and Walter has a nice ring to it. Can I call him dad? Sliding hand down Jean thigh and tucking her fingers under his ass. Only when we're at work. Chapter 35. Limits. Everyone accepted Ma and Walter, Grandma and Uncle Skimmer, Aunt Maggie and Uncle Skimmer, Maggie and Walter, without much angst. The only one having an issue at all being Betsy. But once Maggie told her that she'd... But once Maggie told her she'd still be Uncle Skimmer's best girl, she was perfectly fine as well. It did make for an odd work environment, however, for the pair. The first meeting they had with Skinner, which he was 30 seconds late for, claiming traffic, she couldn't look him in the eye. Professional to a fault, but still keeping her focus somewhere over his head to the point... Professional to a fault, but still keeping her focus somewhere over his head to the point Skinner looked behind him several times. He finally called her on it. Agent Scully, what's the problem here? When she didn't answer, Mulder jumped in, mind meld with his soulmate, intact as ever. Pretty sure she can't look at you because she assumes that you were late because you and her mother were, well, 
hands making an innocent coupling motion. Yeah, both of you, get out before I put you on the next flight to the middle of Montana. Scully finally looked at him, embarrassed twinkle in her eye. Sorry, sir. I'll be better next time. The frustration these two caused was astonishing at times, pointing to the door. Go. The fun and games, however, dissipated soon enough. Three deaths in Omaha taking up the next two weeks, followed by a little boy named Joshua Jennings, whose case crushed both of them to a fine dust, souls bruised, hearts cracked wide. They found him in the truck in an old Ford Fairlane at the back of a junkyard, inconspicuous in its gray color, ominous in its anonymity. They had opened so many cars across the Tri-County area in the last four days and found nothing that when they opened this one and saw the desecrated remains of their six-year-old victim, Scully had to jam a fist in her mouth to keep from screaming while Mulder snapped his eyes shut, wishing he was somewhere, anywhere else in the world. Claw marks, gnawing marks, blood and urine, vomit and decay. They threw up in tandem beside the car. Finally, back at the police station, autopsy planned for 20 minutes from now, Scully heard a noise loud enough to make her turn around. Spot Mulder holding one of the young officers, Jensen, up against the wall, arm across back of neck, other arm twisted and trapped beneath the officer's back, and Mulder's chest flying through the mess of desks and half-asleep off-duty police. Mulder. Mulder. Three days of terror and fear evident. Clenched teeth, slurring over his shoulder at her. He said he was glad to have found that kid, because now he can finally go home. Ignoring Scully again, he pushed the man harder into the drywall, spit flying out as he hissed out his response. He doesn't ever get to go home again. So watch your fucking mouth and be glad you have a kid you get to hug at the end of the day. Letting him go, Mulder walked away, brushing Scully's trailing hand away and slamming his way out to the parking lot. The interminable silence hung like the gallows rope until the offending officer wiped the side of his face, daring to mumble through his embarrassment. What an asshole. Scully twitched towards him, fists of fury clenched tight causing Jensen to stumble back, flinching at the tiny woman towering in front of him. Do not, and I mean, do not, open your mouth again. Do you understand? If I hear one word while I'm still in this building, so help me, you will never live down the humiliation of having a 5-foot, 3-inch, 110-pound woman kicking your goddamn ass. No one came to defend him, seasoned and rookie officers alike looking in the other directions the lead detective already noting the very long talk he'd be having with Officer Jensen in the very near future. Then, she walked away, heading first outside to find Mulder, then driving over to the hospital for the examination that would force a stop at the liquor store on her way back to the motel. She was floating in twilight sleep, hearing noises, having dreams, thinking things. And she awoke with a gasp, sitting up, looking around in panic, Essence of fear still real as she breathed hard, slowing her pounding heart. On the phone a minute later, she first woke up Bill, then Charlie, and finally Dave, scaring them all equally with her declaration that she loved them and was glad they were her family. Bill grunted back and hung up. Check. Charlie yawned and knowing her work took its toll, simply told her he loved her as well 
and she was the best pain in the ass that ever happened to him. Check. Dave, however, asked her a question, then another, then a third, before he let her ramble for a good five minutes until she ran out of steam. Dana. Dave. Summing up life in two sentences. I love you, and you need to go back to teaching. Get the hell out of the field work before it kills you. Please. I can't. I need to do this. No, you don't. Mulder will be fine if you stop. He's had this conversation with me. How worried he always is about you and how things are affecting you. And I tell you, talk to him. Well, now, Dana Scully rendered speechless for a moment before she whispered over the line to Maryland. I love you. Sorry to have woken you up. Knowing her too damn well. You aren't going to sleep tonight, are you? Probably not, but at least I know I can always call you. Yeah, you can. Good night, Day. Hanging up, she stared at the ceiling, listening for Mulder's snores beside her and hearing none. Shut her eyes tight, breathing out slow. How long have you been awake? Since Charlie. I assume you could hear everything Dave said because you have super hearing and my cousin has an embarrassing loud voice at times. Yeah. Rolling towards him, she slid her hand up his t-shirt, knuckles brushing hard nipple under ratty alba cotton. Why does this job get harder with every case? Because maybe six years is our limit. I didn't realize we had a limit. Shifting to face her, he moved his leg up, slipping between her knee, thigh against warm junction, hand floating over bare ribs. We don't, but maybe the job does. Mulder, I wonder when it'll be time for us to gal the damn car. Melding to him, muddled mind, churning, posing the question only possible in the blackest of night. What if we don't recognize when the time actually comes? Do you think it's here now? As she circled her finger in the dip of his lower back, finger half hidden under the elastic of his pajamas, she shook her head. I don't think so. Thoughts pressed uncomfortably down, darkness solid, air compressed. Then close your eyes and take a nap. I'll worry enough for the two of us. About what? The terrible possibility that we already missed it. If you like this story and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember, the stories are out there.